Alright guys, it's Derek, so we're talking a little bit of shopping today. We're going to talk about your program is also your sales letter. Now, think about this for a second, okay? Are you just to sell one thing to your customer and that's it? Heck no! Nah! You're going to sell more. Why? Because you have more value to provide, don't you? Of course you do. Can you envelop everything that you can do to help the person with one product? Maybe, but it wouldn't even serve the the customer by selling them this massive course. They're not going to go through it. They're not going to go through it. Because the smaller people, like, few people go through it. But most people won't. That's just the law of laziness. It's just people get, and if they're, you know, the people are busy. Okay, their attention is taken away. They're busy scrolling through Instagram. They don't have time to work. They got Netflix to watch. Okay? You don't have time to work? Come on. People aren't that way. But if you're looking at character customer, all of a sudden, and I keep saying that. It's annoying, isn't it? Keep saying character customer like it's a thing. Well, it is a thing. And even if nobody says it, you really ought to think about it. Okay, because I don't care what people think, I care about what's true. And what's factually true is you want to attract a person that has good character. And so you think about the character customer. You think about the character of your workers. You think about your character first. Because your character is going to attract all that. Now, when you think about that, think about, okay... I have to think about the long term, not the short term. A lot of people just want to make a product and sell it. Well, no, you have to think of how can I help the person and then how can they, how can I help them further after that? A lot of people, they don't think of that, that far ahead, which is what two moves ahead, okay? So as a chess player, it gives me a little advantage to think about that way because you have to think long term because it's a, there's a, uh, there's three stages of a chess game, okay? So you have your openings, right? Then you have your middle game and your end game. And if you and if you look at business the same way, what's my opening, my middle game, and my end game? And you know those things going in, or you have a good idea, or, or at least you have a target, right? Someone says, uh, I forgot who it was, like you can't hit fuzzy targets, stuff like that. Um, it's true. You can't hit targets that you don't have, right? You're just going to be aimlessly looking into the void. Like, what, what, what am I doing? And so what I recommend that you do is when you make a product, look into look into it and be like, okay, how can I make this product where it delivers massive value that is way disproportionate to the amount that someone sold you sold it to them for so even if you sold it for a dollar you sold it for five grand or ten grand how can i make it worth 10 20 30 times more than what they paid okay how can i make this thing worth its weight in gold okay a lot of people, they just care about the marketing and selling as many things. And the product is, you get to think about this. In most of the market, like internet marketing especially, um, most products are an afterthought. 
it's like, okay, cool, how do I make sales? You know, how do I make sales? How do I sell more? Oh, I'll just throw together a course with AI. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, anyone can pop up AI and put, and they're like, well, you know, it's good. It's AI, the pro, the what comes out as good as the prompts. Yes, but at the same time, like, do you care about your customer? How will you stand out among the noise? If you look at what everyone's doing, he's like, well, they zag. That is such an overlooked business move and it should be part of your philosophy in business okay so your business philosophy which should be defined is very important okay so my business philosophy is very simple we're going to deliver the best possible experience to our customers possible period that's it because when you do that they're happy you're happy everyone's happy Okay, that's the most important thing. Okay, even if you make less money, and it's a sentence. Okay, we are going to deliver the best possible product to our customers. Period. The best possible experience to our customers. Period. Right. It's not even about the product so much as the experience. Even if no one, they don't. Even if they don't buy from you. When they contact you, that experience must be top-notch, okay? That's important. And so when you have to, when you're thinking long-term of like, okay, how do I make this product good, but how do I make it in such a way where it's a sales letter for the next one? Now, it's not literally, when I say that, I don't mean literally it's a sales letter for the next product, Okay? But what you're, what you're doing is when you are teaching them something, this is for information products or whatever, okay? You're letting them know, like, look, you know, so throughout it, you're talking about, yes, there are, you can expand on this and you can build on this, you know, and I could teach you that later, right? So you're sewing those little things in there but, and then you get back to the punchiness, and I use this term of, what I mean by that is that it's short sentences that are full of meat and potatoes, right? It's not fluff wording. There's a lot of people that say a lot of sentences that mean nothing, I'm guilty of it too, so you can point, you can be the first to throw the rock at me, okay? Congratulations. You got me, okay? But at the end of the day, being punchy and being like, okay, so not delivering a thousand things to people to overwhelm them, but the stuff, and not being, not having it be three pages either. The thing is this, is that even if something is extremely valuable for three pages, it just, it doesn't feel like the value's there, Right? So just add more punchy things in there. Just add more stuff. Add more meat. There's always more punchy things you can add of value. You can add more value. Just sit there and think. Right? And so one of the things you can do is just look at your business. What have I done? What, you know, what other learnings could, could tie in to this? You know, how did I get here? 
and what would be useful what's the meat what what's and what I mean by meat and potatoes in your product is like what's what are actionable steps that are understandable like oh I understand that oh I see how I can do that so when you put together a product it's like not just like here's what you do it's how you do it it's and it's here's our common barriers so you're almost writing it like a sales letter in a way it's like but you're not, like, you're giving the answers away. Instead of, like, a sales letter is just, like, teasing people in a way and stuff like that, even though I don't like that style so much. As opposed to, you know, a sales letter could be just giving someone the answer to something. Say, hey, you like this? You want more? You know, do you give up or are you thirsty for more? You know? You don't have to say that, but... A Home Alone quote. But you know what I mean? Like, what people care about is value to them. Okay, and so just don't think about yourself. Think about how can I, how can I, uh, give someone premium stuff and charge premium pricing for it because they're gonna be forever grateful for it. Okay, you're giving, you're providing that experience, that buying experience to them, right? And so you want to make that buying experience pleasant. So definitely use humor if you can. Um, you know, definitely have use punchiness, right? You don't want your message to be fluffy. You want it to be dense and powerful. One, two, punch. Bam, 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 right? Every bullet point is a nugget of gold. It's like, you know, so when you're delivering your product and say it is short, right? Say you have like 12 or 20 pages. The less pages you have, the more valuable that information has to be. It's, it's really hard to do. Um, you know, just because if someone spends $10,000 with you, those 10 pages, I mean, that, that has to rock their world. It might take a year to flesh that out in such a way where you're gonna, it's gonna be punchy enough where that first sentence, in fact, your first point of information should be worth the value of the product you sell. I'll repeat that. The first, you know, paragraph, chapter, whatever it is, should be worth the price of admission. It should be worth, they should already feel like, yep, I already got my money's worth. Okay, if you could pull that off in the first paragraph, it's just the longer you work on something, um, you know, and how you write it. Because it can be a really high level nugget, but at the end of the day, if you don't deliver it correctly, just like a comedian, okay, really think about delivering um, your product as like a comedian, Anyone can take a comedian's joke and get on stage and tell it. And you know what? No one will laugh. You could steal a comedian's joke. You can go to Brian Regan, take his stuff, say it. And it's not going... It, and, and you're not going to get the same laughter as Brian Regan will with his stuff. You know? Or Dave Chappelle or any of these comedians. Why? Because there's Timing. 
because there's intonation. It's it's because the reputation they build. You know, when someone sees them, they start laughing just because of their past experience with them. They're already pre-sold and predisposed to laugh at this person's joke. So it's not going to be hard for them. But for you, they don't know you. You know? And so, how do you get them to know you? How did, how did Dave Chappelle and other people get them to get people to know them? They made them laugh. When you make someone laugh, it, op- it unopens the it opens the door. It unlocks the the the, uh, the lock there. Um. So here's the thing. When you're making a product, how you make a sales letter for your next thing is that you are over delivering. That first paragraph, they're like, man, this first paragraph is so punchy. They're not going to say this, but it's so valuable. It's worth more than what the thing costs, right? That's hugely important. It's so important to get this right. A lot of people just put so much attention into the title so that the book would be sold. But you have to be selling throughout that book of like, hey, use these ideas. How do you sell people on using the idea? Well, they have to have these aha moments like, oh my gosh. It's just putting a spin on old stuff. You're not making new things, okay? It is rare for you to make new things. When you read a marketing book from someone and they're telling you about leads or traffic or whatever it is, you're not making up new things. They're just packaging it in a different way and saying it in a way that's thought out very strategically to sound cool and, and like to get through that noise because you're delivering it differently. You're packaging it differently. And by and yeah, some of the stuff can be new. It could be different. But there's not a lot of things that are new. You're not going to have a completely original idea there's, there's so many smart marketers out there. You didn't, you didn't think of that thing. Like, a million people thought of that thing. They just didn't publish it, you know? So the, the first person to mass publish it kind of gets the credit, right? That's another less for another day. But the point is this is about making your product, your sales letter, thinking about, okay... I, that number one thing of that first paragraph better be worth, you know, using punchy information. Information, really, it punches you out. It's like, bam. And what I mean by that, it's like, it gives you that paradigm shift. Okay? The more you can shift their paradigm, left, right, left, and right, left, and right. Right? If you think about dating, we always tie dating back to marketing because they're so similar. I call this like the jerk philosophy, right? Why do jerks get the girl? Because they jerk their emotions like a roller coaster, up, down, like, hey, you're beautiful, you know? Or you'd be beautiful if you washed your hair. She's like, hey, you know, he's giving her a little ribbing, right? And she's like, wait a minute, because he just doesn't give her the validation right away. And then like, you know, so there's different terms for people He's nagging and all this other stuff or whatever it is. But the whole point is that 
you're not like every other, you know, from the guy's perspective, you're not like every other guy. And from her perspective, you're not like every other guy. You're different. You're packaging the experience. You're giving the girl an experience. When she hangs out with you, it is an experience. And that is how you build attraction. Okay? You're different. Right? You're different in in a good way. Not, oh, you're different. Like, you're different. You know? The same thing with marketing. When people read your stuff, they're like, man, this person is different. Like, this is good. Like, who is this? So you turn your book over and be like, who, who is this person? Right? What have they done? Like, how, how do they know this? Like, what? You know, when a paradigm shift is something that they did, it's, it's looking at something that they, that looking at, making them, or causing a person to look at something um, that they're kind of familiar with in a new way. It's causing someone to look at something in a new way. It's a paradigm shift. They're just looking at it from a different perspective. If you think about the idea as a ball, and they've been looking at it from the south end side, you're just moving them to the north end side, or you're even better yet, you're just turning the ball. And they're like, oh my goodness. It's like a globe. And you turn the globe, and they're like, oh, there's more than just the Europe. There's the new world. There's America. Paradigm shift. They're seeing the same thing from a different perspective. Okay? And so if you can think of it that way, that's how you get people to be like, aha, oh my gosh, right? But that's not all you need. A paradigm shift is great and people can do that all day long. It does not drive action, right? Your stuff, in order for it to be truly valuable, you have to think about the accountability piece. Every training needs it. Every training needs accountability in some form level. And so how do you do that if you can't do that for them? You, you cause them to do it for themselves. You know? So in there, again, like a sales letter, you're like, look, this is the pain that you can experience by not implementing these things. You know? This is the pain that I experience because nobody wants to be preached at and telling them what they are doing wrong. But you could say, this is what I did wrong, or this is what my buddy did wrong. This is what, you know, my student did wrong. Never say them. Keep it to somebody else, because they'll relate to it. They're like, oh, that's me. But you have to let them come to that conclusion. How do you get them to say, oh, that's me? You share somebody else's story and let them conclude that on their own. Oh, that is me, right? And you use relatable things. Oh, you wake up in the morning, you don't know what to do? Yep, because most marketers don't. They wake up, they don't know what to do. What do I do? So a lot of busy work happens, or nothing at all, right? So in that training, you could be like, you know, I had a buddy, James, and he just... You know, he started, I had a client, James, he started a business, and he didn't know what to do. So he would just go and buy a product, and go through the first few modules, and then get another email, 
and be like, ah, oh, this, this is kind of slow, it's not as fast, I'm not going to get rich, it's going to take forever, and then, you know, his inbox is full of all these different marketing messages, oh, this platform uses AI, and this one uses AI, but better, and all of a sudden, all his credit cards are maxed out, and he hasn't made a dime. Have you ever, have you, you know anyone like that? And so what I did was I told him, I said, hey, throw away your email. Just lose the password, right? Don't, like, just cut it off. Cancel your email, delete everything in it, close down your account. But why would I do that, right? Because your email is robbing you, literally, these marketing messages work and they're and you're buying all this stuff you don't need it is far better to focus and work really hard on the stuff that is inferior because you're lacking knowledge than to not do any work at all because you're paralyzed from too many different pieces of knowledge too many different angles and so now you're getting honest and real with people and what people really respect is when you kind of, after you do that, you can, can confront them. Be like, are you like James? Be honest with yourself. Is this you? Or are you the type of person where you're just doing a lot of busy work because you sincerely don't know what you're doing? Be honest with yourself because you're not fooling anybody else, but your, anyone but yourself. And I care about you. Make sure to let them know that. I tell this to you with all sincerity and love because I care about you. I want you to have results, but you have to get rid of this mental garbage. So I'm here to help you to get rid of the mental garbage. How do we take up the garbage? And you walk them through it. Right? <clears throat> help them to realize like hey you know it's like you can keep the garbage there as long as you want to when you're ready to succeed you have to take the garbage out first or it's never going to happen for you okay all this business stuff is made up it's between our ears we make the rules we as marketers make the rules Jeff Walker came out with a product launch formula. Who told him to do this? No one did. He just decided to make it. And a lot of people followed it for a long time, and people still do. Right? A lot of people now are following the SaaS model. And after that, there's going to be, you know, this whole AI explosion that's already happening. That's, that's, the new thing, and then there's going to be a new thing, and a new thing. How do you stay relevant? How do you stay on top of your game and making money? Right? So, that's a topic for another time. <laughs> you hear me here all the time. So, again, let's wrap up making your product a sales letter for your next product. You want your information to be excellent. That's really what it comes down to, is making it excellent, but also making it engaging. Having, you know, calling people to the mat about their things. 
it can't be all like using the jerk movement like I told you, right? You can't just be nice to them 24-7, right? I'm a huge advocate of treating people with kid gloves. I prefer to be treated that way. But if it's all just kid gloves, they're not going to learn anything. You're not going to jolt them out of their state, right? Tony Robbins teaches about stuff like this. But if you use controversial statements like, this is your fault. A lot of marketers tell you this is not your fault. It is your fault. Wait a minute. If you're honest with yourself, is this your fault or not? You can ask that way. Right? And so instead of, instead of being a jerk, you don't want to come across as a jerk. You don't want to say, this is your fault, per se. But you can say, if you're being honest with yourself, is this your fault? And the people that deny will stay there. And the people that aren't will be like, huh. That's a, that's a paradigm shift, too, of like, oh, crap, that's me. I'm doing that thing wrong. Now people are looking at you as you're setting them up to look at you as the expert, because then, now that you've made them realize, you're the one that made them realize they have the problem. Now you're helping them to, now they're going to look to you for the answer in your product as they keep going. So you kind of do this in your sales letter and your sales process, but you're going to do this in your product because you're selling them on changing their behavior and their mental thought process in order to get the result that they want to get. That's what they're buying. But they need you to be more, your product needs to be more accountability centric then it is what here's all these pieces of knowledge and nuggets and punchiness. It's great to have that stuff, but it's good to focus more on the accountability of like, okay, here's the punchy nugget, bang, right? That's the hook. But then how do you make that hook valuable? How do you make that hook sink in? How do you get someone to do it? It's like, hey, for those of you who actually implement this stuff and do it, I have a $40,000 thing that you can earn your way into for free or for $1 if you prove to me by doing all this stuff that I said in this, in this training, okay, and you can show me that you made $100,000 off of it. If you can prove that, I will, I will grandfather you into my $40,000 mastermind program, right? Or whatever kind of program. For $1. The admission is $1 plus you accomplishing within this book because I care about your results that much. And you know what? I'm going to put a clock on it. Save your receipt for this book and you have to do it within a year of when you bought this book. Right? Now you've got accountability. Now accountability works when there's an incentive. When there's like, okay, what do I get? Right? And so you're pretty much making your product like a sales letter. This is what people in sales letters, they, they do stuff like this. Okay? So it's a little different, very similar, but you, you get the point. 
having the accountability piece in there is major. That's what moves the needle. Accountability. You could take someone that doesn't know anything and they just shatter you and you say, okay, do this, do that. Or, or watch this person do this. Watch this person do that. And if they do that and they do it themselves, okay, let them show you how to do that. Let them show you how to do that. Eventually, they're going to learn business, right? But you can't do that, right? So you can let people self-select and be like, hey, if this isn't your cup of tea, it's not, it's not, it's not all bad. You might realize one of the best things that I might have helped you realize to help you in your life is that maybe you're not an entrepreneur. Maybe you're more uh, better suited to be a worker. You know, this is not for everybody. You know, and so at the end of the day, like, you can have people have these come to the big JC moments, okay? Come to Jesus moments. And I'm not taking his name in vain as a Christian talking. Like, you know, where you understand that, you know, you can tell people, hey, Jesus loves you, man. Yeah? But at the end of the day, like, showing people that you love them, that you care about them, Part of that is, you know, calling them to the mat and be like, hey, is this you? If it is, here's how you're going to fix it. Here's how you can fix it. But it's up to you to do it. And if you do, as my customer, if you do, I'm going to give you this really cool thing. And here's why the mastermind thing is cool. It's because you're going to be working with other people that have success and have figured stuff out that is super hard. And you're going to be one of those people because you got to the $100,000 mark in a 12-month period. So you're going to be in a room with other people who have not only achieved at least that, but more. Any mastermind that lets you in just because you paid the money is not worth your time. A mastermind is for people that are peers and who are higher than you. Okay? So a little bit higher than you. And the leader of it can be a lot higher than you. Okay? But either way, that could be the incentive. And you can get it for a dollar. But you have to accomplish these things and follow the steps. And then you can give timelines for each of the things. You know? So, if they're doing leads or whatever, like, you know, it depends on what you're teaching. Hey, um, if you're teaching people how to get leads and they're in quality leads and all this other stuff, be like, okay, well, how do we know leads are quality? We know because of the sales. That as usually the metric you're going to sit, you're going to have, and so people are going to have to prove that they did that income. And so you might be like, this sounds daunting, but think, break it down into pieces. Okay. 
The first month I make a hundred dollars. The second month I make a thousand. The third month I make five thousand. The fourth month I make ten. Right? You can see how I already at four months we're at several thousand dollars. Okay? So this is doable. And the, you know, these are product claims or you know, income claims, but at the end of the day, it's about Getting someone to do something by not only seeing like what you did, so being like, here's the thing: if you've accomplished too much, it can actually play against people. People will look and be like, "Dude, it's so out of reach. I'm not even gonna try." You know, you're making a billion dollars. Like, this person's making a billion. It's crazy. I'm over here trying to make my first hundred bucks. How many? You know what I mean? It can be very demoralizing for a business owner who's like, you're making millions of dollars. Yeah, but you're, you're doing this, you're doing that. Of course, it's easy for you. You have all this media exposure, all this other stuff. They don't see the grinding behind it. Right? And so at the end of the day, it can serve you to be someone that is not massively known. But then they're going to ask, then you have the paradox. Then or the catch twenty two, like, well, wait a minute, like, why should I listen to you? But then when you're someone that they should listen to, like, ah, well, you're you, you only can do that because you're you, right? So there's two mentalities, and you have to break those beliefs. And in your training, the last thing I'll say of this is breaking the the false beliefs of people. So paradigm shifts. It's about breaking the beliefs. The limiting beliefs, they're chains. And you use this by using stories. Okay? If you just list facts, you want your punchiness to be built into stories. James went to the supermarket. Yada, yada. You know? I'm not going to try to come up with it on the fly because punchiness doesn't really happen that way. Okay? Punchiness is something that you put your thought into. Okay, now you might have some in the chamber ready to go, but at the end of the day, put some thought into it, even if you think you know, right? Because putting a story together um, and speaking of parables, and people remember stories. The other thing is making your thing memorable. People, it, it, when people read a story, they want to know what happens next. What happens? You could make it a journey for someone. You know? Or your journey. Even better. You know? It's almost like an autobiography, but it's full of all these punchy things, these high-quality, valuable nuggets and how you use them and all the little intricacies of like what you went through and all sort of stuff, riveting stuff. People will learn from that. They will remember that. So you need to make your stuff memorable. And it's hard to remember rote facts. But it's easy to remember the story. And the punchiness is built into it. The lessons of it are built into it. If you watch the movie Rocky, you want to get up and start, like, boxing and, you know? So you have to think about, like, Man, this person came from nothing and did all this stuff and went through all that hell and pain and then on the other side, like, achieved that. 
And they've laid it out for me. So you can have a story plus, okay, according to chapter one, here's how you do this thing. Right? This is what inspires action and results is when someone has the story. Remember, well, you don't, you don't have the full story of the context. Context is important. I know I said this is the last thing last time, but it's important. Context matters. Okay? And so, how do how you come up with a lesson? People ask questions, why should I listen to you? You can tell them why. You can tell them how you came to the conclusions you did. How did I come to this conclusion? Because I wrote articles for six months before I made my first $10. How about that? Every single day, writing 10, 20 articles. And I went for Dunkin' Donuts. I came back after sending an email. And I got $10. And I was so ecstatic. My dad's like, get a real job. And I was like, nah. I see the potential in this thing. And then before he died, I went to the, brought him to the mall and said, you can buy whatever you want in the entire mall. And I got you. And he said he was proud of me. That's all I wanted. Yeah. And that's all he wanted, was to be proud of me. And he said, Derek, you know, you really did it. I, I'm sorry I gave you a hard time. You really did this thing. That's important. See? You can remember that. Out of all the jibber-jabber I just said, remember that story. Right? So at the end of the day, use stories. Okay? Jesus is the only figure in human history that is becoming more popular and more relevant than ever, okay, and is having and growing more followers and has more followers than any influencer in human history, okay? That's because he is right, because he is the Son of God, and that's why no man can achieve that, okay? So at the end of the day, um, There's too much to recap, but you get what I'm saying, right? So this is how you make your product into a sales letter. Because not only are they going to do what you say, but if you get them the result, if you are hell-bent, and clearly so, on helping them get the result, when you have something else to sell, what do you think they're going to do? When they see that you care that much, that even after they buy, you care that much. And you have someone from your team follow up with them, nobody does this. Hey, you bought the program here, how you doing? How you doing with it? Do you need help? Is there any questions we can answer for you? You know? Having your customer service department call customers and say, hey, how can we help you with this thing? A lot of people are called, afraid to call their customers because they're afraid that they're going to ask for a refund. You know why? Because the product is garbage. 
right? And if they ask for a refund, give it to them. One of the hardest things to do. But there are marketers that, it, you know, within reason, like, just do your numbers and figure it out, okay? You're, you're a smart person. But at the end of the day, think about if you're if you if you care more than anybody else in your marketplace, you're gonna stand out because people remember that they're like, dude, this guy or this girl, they went out of their way, and it's not it might not be you know maybe it might you might call them yourself like maybe you become a big deal you know i can't tell you many times like in one of the markets is that when someone called me and i answered they're like oh it's you i can't believe it i was like a little celebrity to them a mini celebrity in my name right and so at the end of the day i i just can't stress enough like you know imagine you spend 10 grand on a course or 100 grand on a course or something like that. Or not even. It, it even matters more. Like, if the owner looks at, like, it says, they send an email that says, Hey, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but the owner, XYZ, he's actually pers- personally calling people that are following his program, that are actually reporting in. And having this built into your program of reporting in your numbers, right? And you can even have a partial buyback of like, hey, every time you make five thousand dollars, we'll give you a thousand back, up to five thousand dollars, and just charge five thousand more for your program, right? So now that's a huge incentive too. Like, ah, I can get five thousand back if I just do it. You see, what I'm talking about here. And then they get the, the a call, like, hey, it's not going to be any coaching calls like that. It's just a welcome call. He's doing the don't tell anyone, or she's doing this don't tell anyone. Right? Just people that are actually doing it, and they're impressed with, you know, they're calling people personally that they're impressed with what they're doing. You know? But where our team is going to verify what you send, you send the verification, and if you do... They'll call you. And you'll be able to ask them three questions. Write down what those three questions will be. They will be rapidly answered. You know? And so at the end of the day, all of a sudden, oh my goodness. Like, you know, so... Or getting, just getting a call from someone higher up in the team. You know, and saying, hey, you're getting closer to the goal. Say you complete the goal, you get to talk to the owner, you know. You get a one-on-one with them for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever. You can ask whatever you want. Other things, right? Just think about it. Think about the value. Of like, And what we'll do is we'll have someone get on the phone with you. That's part of the organization that will help you to formulate those questions. Because you get one shot. So, they'll help you formulate those questions 
You'll be able to ask them more questions and get to figure out what three questions should you ask the head of the organization, the CEO, right? A CEO that cares like that takes one of their golf weekends off to do that, you know, and get on the phone and talk to people, talk to their customers that are making them rich. That's, that's huge. That can matter. But you have to make it a big deal. But it's all part of your program. And having customer support. Where people can pick up a phone and say, hey, I'm struggling with this thing. And that's what we're going to talk about next. Okay? We'll talk soon. God bless.